0: This morning, as we wrap up this series, let me just kind of tell you what's going on for today. Uh, I have this morning an extensive buildup. In other words, we have a lot of information that we're going to give you. Usually, I jump into the Word uh, much sooner, but today... We are building up the topic to help you understand the topic for today, and then we're going to transition into the Word and see what God has to say and how He can encourage us related to this topic, all right? So let's get the build-up, the information part, underway so you can understand where we're going. Today we are talking about a fact Of human nature and then we're going to jump into the scripture and we're going to see where that is echoed in the scripture and we're going to land at a solution uh, that god has for us all right so that's just kind of how it's going to happen so i want to open with this statement my perceptions my perceptions lead me to say something or to do something And because of that I can say this statement that my perceptions help create my reality my perceptions of the world around me help create my reality because I make a decision about my relationships I make decisions about my job I make decisions about my family I make decisions about my future based upon my perceptions in this moment every day. And that leads me to my reality. And by reality, I don't mean just this cognitive, ooh, that's reality. I mean my reality, my existence, my circumstances, my life. That's why I can say my perceptions create... My reality. My perceptions yesterday kind of helped create my reality that I'm experiencing today, my circumstances that I'm experiencing today. Your assumptions in life create your reality. All right? Your assumptions or your perceptions create your reality. You make an assumption, something happens, you make an assumption about that. And then you, based upon that assumption, you respond somehow. You make a response or you have an action or a reaction. And voila, you have your result, your current reality, your current set of circumstances. You see, what you decide about your circumstances what you decide about that determine your next move. Now, no matter what happens in your life, how you interpret that is up to you. The significance of that event, whatever has happened to you, the significance of that event and the meaning of that event in your life is what you assign to that event. And that is up to you. You end up with what you get. What you have assigned to that event. Something happens in your life. You assign some kind of significance to that. Or you say this is good or this is bad, and that's what you have. So let me let me give you an example in a, in another area. anybody know know what these are? You should, because I I think they're very good for you. Beets, right? How many of you like beets? Yeah, there are some. Mm-hmm, you weirdos. Beets. You like them, some of you do, okay, so that there's there's one example. I'm gonna pop those bad boys right there. Um, this broccoli, okay, how many of you like broccoli? Oh, there's more hands there, okay? You're just kind of weird. Okay, broccoli, all right, and you say it's good. Some of you say beets are good. How many of you do not like beets? I would be interested to see those hands. yes. Mm-hmm. I see those hands. Yes. So you don't like them. Um, some of you do like them. Um, what about macaroni and cheese? Who likes that? Yeah, we got a lot of hands there. Who says? Who does not like macaroni and cheese? Basically. Um, do I see any hands? I do see one. I think I see some. I, I know Cole specifically told me this morning he, he really didn't care for this. this one like, so here, here's my question. Here is my question. You can see those there on the screen. Who is right? The person who likes beets and say they taste good or the person who doesn't? Who's right? The person who says broccoli is good or the person who says no broccoli is not good it does not taste good. Who's right? The person who says macaroni and cheese this processed powder that is kind of orangey yellow. I love it. I love it. Who's right? The person who says, is is it Cole who says, no, this is not good, or is it Harley who says, yeah, this is delicious? Who's right? My perceptions beats come into my life. My perception about that, I say it's disgusting. That creates my reality. Chris, on the other hand, says, these are good. I'll take a beat. His perception creates his reality. My perception creates my reality. Here's another example. They say that beauty is in the eye of the the who? Mm -hmm, The beholder. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. You, you have heard that. So across the world, there are different standards of beauty. I, I've got one example here, uh, there. In some parts of the world, this is, it, this is ultra supermodel beauty in some parts of the world. Other parts of the world would look at it and they'd say, it looks like horrible torture. No, it, it's not. It's not beautiful. Some parts of the world say this is beautiful. In certain areas of the world, that's beauty. And then in other parts of the world, they say this third picture is beautiful. That's what they say is beauty. Now here's my, so if, sometimes it's here, sometimes it's here, and sometimes it's here. My question is, who is correct? Who's right? Who is wrong and who is right? The reality of the situation is this. It's not a matter of who's right or wrong. It's a perception. And that perception creates their reality. Their normal. Their circumstances of life. That's what's happening there. Your perceptions in life. Your experience. The way You view the world. That's what you do with this. That determines your response. It determines the next move for you. The next decision. Your perceptions, the way you view the world, determines what you do next. How you respond. Now here's an important point. We're not talking about who is right and who is wrong in this. The important point, when it comes to your perceptions, you can choose how you are going to see something, how you are going to view something. Do you know why those cultures view beauty the way that they view beauty? It's because they have been raised and taught to see it that way. So in a sense they have chosen to see that. You can choose how you are going to view something, how you are going to see something. Now, after we do make that choice, after we choose how we're going to see something, then we choose our reaction. Even with something that is bad, something bad enters your life, something bad happens to you, this statement is still true. When a bad thing happens to you, you still have the ability to choose how you are going to see that, the importance you're going to assign to that, which then helps you choose your reaction to that. Now listen, please hear me. I'm not suggesting that when something... that I, Well, first, I'm not suggesting that nothing bad actually happens in the world. I'm not suggesting that when something bad does happen you can just simply casually say oh I'm just going to call that good and move on that bad thing I'm going to say is good and and I'm going to move on that's not what I'm saying I'm saying this when bad does happen you can choose how you're going to view it your perception you can choose the value you're going to place on that thing that happened. And you can choose then what you're going to do moving forward. See, we all have these filters on our perceptions. When things happen around us or when things happen to us, we filter that experience. And that filter tells you what to do next. That filter tells you how to act next. That filter tells you how to respond. And that makes our filters very, very important. Those filters that we have, they're they're created many different ways. They're created through just our personalities that God has given us. Those filters are created from our attitudes that we have learned, our attitudes we've grown up with. Those filters are created with just generally how we see life around us. Those filters are created through our personal style. And and they're created through many, many other similar things uh, to that. But perhaps one of the most influential things on our filters and the development of our filters is our environment. Our environments and our historical environments, that means like from your childhood or from when you were a teenager, our environments and our historical environments are powerful and, and they have a way of controlling how we interpret things That happened to us. And then those interpretations that we have about that event. That happens to us today. Those interpretations determine how we respond in life today. And that in turn determines how other people around us respond to us. Now some of the filters that we have are very healthy and good filters. But... Some of them are not. Let me give you a heads up where we're headed today. Your homework that I'm going to suggest for you this week is going to be for you to figure out as many of those filters in your life as you can. Identify those filters that are not healthy so that they don't continue to distort your future decision-making. Now let's talk some more about these past events. If you continue to filter your present, the things that are happening to you today, if you continue to filter those events through your past events, You are allowing those things in the past, those people in the past, to control your future. This is huge. Somebody stole your savings. I mean, they just stole from you, and you didn't know it, you found out later. They stole something from you. Maybe your savings, maybe money, maybe something else. They stole from you. Somebody maybe cheated on you in a relationship. Maybe somebody dumped you for somebody else. Maybe somebody in your life stole your innocence. Maybe somebody abused you somewhere in your past. Now here is a big, huge question for you. How much longer are you going to allow that person from your past to control you today and you in your future? How many more years are you going to allow that cruel person to control your future? How much longer are you going to allow that person or those people to keep their grubby hands all over your life? How much longer? Maybe you were a child when this happened. And as we said, I think it was week number one, we said this. When you were a child, that was not... Your fault. It was not your fault. You were not accountable for having been raped or abused or hurt as a child. That's not your fault. But today, you are absolutely accountable for how you react to that today, right now. See, we've created all these filters, and many of them have to do with what happened in our past. As a child, or a teenager, or a young adult, or maybe just last year, we have filters that have to do with our past. Maybe you have developed a filter where you kind of have a chip on your shoulder. And you think that everyone around you is out to get you. But the reality is that they are not out to get you. But that's how you perceive things. Maybe you have a filter that says that you just blindly trust whatever anybody tells you. And you just trust them and believe them. And it leads you into all kinds of of vulnerability and hurt. Maybe the reality is you can't trust everybody like that. But maybe you do. Or maybe there's something that has happened to you. And it's related to the opposite sex. And now maybe any time there's any dealings with that opposite sex, you're just like, I, they, they can't be trusted. You can't trust any of them. But the reality is, they're not all bad. Just that, that one was really bad. Ooh, almost knocked the beats off the table. I, dro- I like to drop the beets. if you know what I mean. They're not all bad, just that one. That's the reality. But your perception is, they're all bad. You see, here, here's what I'm trying to convey. If we treat all of our filters, especially those filters that we have latched onto from past hurt and past experience, if we treat all of those filters as true, as if they are true, as if you've had a bad experience. Let's say you had a bad experience, lady. You had a bad experience with a man. He cheated on you. He, he, he ran off. He divorced you. Bad experience with a man. And so all men... Are cheating liars that's your perception then you will respond and behave accordingly you're going to your response will be based upon that truth in your life you take that filter is true and your response will be all men are cheating liars and you will behave and respond accordingly and to you your response or your behavior makes perfect sense because all men are cheating liars It makes perfect sense to you. But to the other people watching your life, they feel like they're watching a train wreck in slow motion and they can't stop it. Because they know that's not true. No, not all men are cheating liars. No, it's not true. And so your response does not make sense it makes perfect sense to you, but it does not make sense to other people watching your life because they don't have that filter that is false that they have claimed that you have claimed is true. But let's be honest, haven't we all seen people that do that? We've done that too. Haven't we all seen other people do it though? Think about someone else for a moment. And they make some kind of life-damaging decision. And it makes no sense to you as you watch it. But somehow, for some reason, it makes perfect sense to them. And you tried to talk them out of it. You tried to point them in another direction. You tried to point them towards the truth and the reality. But they would not have any of it. And so there was nothing you could do except watch the train wreck. Happen in slow motion. There's nothing you could do. You see. If we treat a filter. That is false. In reality. But we, we treat it as if it were true. Then we make decisions. That make perfect sense to us. But make no sense to other people. Who don't have that same. They're not latching on to that lie. Makes no sense to them. Makes perfect sense to us. When I, when I was in somewhere around the 5th, 6th, 7th grade, I can't remember which, but my parents took my sister and I, one of my sisters and I, the two of us that were still living at home at the time, uh, took us to the beach in Florida. Um, and I remember that long drive, long drives, you know, we had to stop, spend the night, get up and long drive. And we arrived in Florida, at the beach uh, in the evening, the sun was not down. It, it was, it was getting low, but had not set. And, and we pulled, first thing we did, we pulled straight up to the beach and we got to get out and, and reward. We got to see the beach after the long drive before we went and set up our camp at the campsite. So we, we got there, and we're on the beach, we take our shoes off, we're in the sand, it's just amazing, it was one of our first beach experiences, we loved it, so much fun, and we walk out on the beach, and the, there's still lots of people, not tons, but, but quite a few people in the surf, and they're, they're, uh, where the waves are breaking, and, and we're out there, we're looking, and we're amazed, this is so cool, and, and then we are, then we are quickly horrified. And scared of what we saw. Because right there at the break, where the waves were turning over and beginning to turn white, right there at the break, there's sharks in the water. And, and we are just, we are scared. We are on the beach. There are people in the water with them not knowing sharks in the water. And so we see the po, the potential of someone losing a limb, worst case scenario, losing their life. And we begin running down the beach and we're screaming as with all sincerity and as loud as we can. But you know, the waves are loud, but we're screaming, get out of, of the water. There's sharks and we're running and we're screaming and we're yelling like, Crazy people, and people are staring at us, just staring at us like crazy people. So there's an event, and we have our perception of that event, because, uh, let's face it, we saw Jaws. We know about Jaws. When you see that dorsal fin coming out of the water, we know what happens next. And so that's a shark that leads us to a specific behavior, save lives. And that made perfect sense to us. Because of the assumption that we believe, that we took in and we acted on it, our perception. But because they were not sharks, and they were just little harmless dolphins... And everyone in the water knew that they were swimming with dolphins, except those weird kids from Arkansas. To all the others, our behavior was crazy, idiotic, and a little funny. If we act on our filter... Treating something that is not true, but treating it as if it is true, then we can appear to other people around us the very same way. There is a life lesson for all of us we must test our assumptions and perceptions and filters for truth before we use them again as a filter. We must test them for truth. Is this true before we act on it again? But we often don't. (laughs) We don't test many of our assumptions at all, really. We just keep assuming away, assuming that it's true, assuming that this is truth. Don't you do that too? I I have a tendency to do that. Don't you do that? You experience a life event. You make an assumption about that. You fail to test to see if that assumption is really true or not. You just go ahead and assume that it's true. You make a life-changing decision based upon that assumption, that filter, that belief. And to make it more difficult. If you treat that thing that is false. If you treat it as true long enough. Then eventually you're not even open to new information. Even if that information can prove to you beyond a shadow of a doubt. That it is false. Your assumption, your perception, your filter, your belief is false. You're not open to it. Because you've held on to that false thing for so long. Here's an example. If you have a filter in your life that says this nobody likes me, nobody likes me. Everyone else around you is saying that that's not true. I, I mean, that's not true at all. But your filter says nobody likes me. And you believe that that is true. That's going to cause you to respond to the people around you in a certain way. In a way that's actually going to repel people and push them away. And that's going to keep them at a distance from you reinforcing the false belief that nobody likes me. Nobody likes me. Now, if no one did like you, if that was a reality, then your behavior might make perfect sense. In fact, if nobody liked you, then your behavior might possibly even be right. If that were true. But if that's not the case, your response is wrong your behavior is wrong the way you respond to people and treat people and continue to push people away that is in fact wrong if that is not true that no one likes you does that make sense So if you start wrong with a wrong belief, a wrong filter, a wrong assumption, a wrong perception, but you take something like that that is false and you treat it as if it is true, if you start wrong, then you make what could be a right decision. If that really were true, it could be a right decision. But the reality is, it is all wrong. Because you started wrong. You treated something that was false in your life as if it were true. Which led you to do what you thought was right. But it's actually going to end up wrong. Does that make sense? Because we are still going to end up blowing it because we started wrong now here is where the wisdom you're probably thinking yourself okay harley this is good babble what does god have to say about any of this here we go Let's jump in to Proverbs. I'm going to give you one verse, then we're going to go to an entire chapter. Here's the one verse I want to give you. Because the wisdom of Proverbs would call us today among the inexperienced. It's not a slam, it's not a put down, it's just a reality. So often, if we are believing something as true that is actually false, the the wisdom in Proverbs would call us inexperienced. And here's what Proverbs chapter 14 verse 15 says. The inexperienced one believes anything, but the sensible one watches his steps. Wisdom tells us, don't just believe it as true. Watch your step. Test test it, test that belief, test that filter, test that assumption, test that perception, and find out, is it really true, before you act on it? That's great advice. You see, because we all have some pretty distorted filters and perceptions, beliefs, assumptions in our life. And often our most distorted filters... Are the filters with which we view ourselves actually. We most frequently underestimate our own involvement in our problems today, and we overestimate other people's involvement in our problems. In other words, it's not my fault, it's their fault. And it gets even worse. Once a perception or belief, a filter, uh, an assumption becomes entrenched into our thinking, it almost becomes fixed. It almost becomes immovable. And eventually, one day, we don't even try to move it anymore. We don't even try to change it anymore. We just simply say, that's the way I've always been. That's the way it's always been. And at that point, we are no longer open to new information, and we miss the important changes that happen around us. We miss the important changes in our own lives and our circumstances and other people's lives that could convince us otherwise that that is false. Don't believe that anymore. These faulty filters have to be eliminated in our lives. We have to get rid of them if we're going to create a better tomorrow for ourselves and our families, a better future in our lives, we have to eliminate those things that we have been holding on to as true that are actually false. But before we can eliminate them, we have to find them first. So, What is that filter? Something that you hold on to that is true, that, that you feel like is true about you. And you know it's true, so you just accept it and you live with it. I'm going to read through just a bunch of filters here real quick. That many, many people, some of these are mine too. That many, many people have about themselves and they hold on to them as truth, but they are not truth, they are false. Here are some examples. I'm not good enough. Or I don't have enough money or enough education or, or enough connections. I, I'm not lucky. I'm always the one who has bad luck. I should never burden other people with my problems. Or I, I, I'm worthless. Or I'm so dumb. Or I am the worst example of a person on earth. Or I have so many problems, I, I might as well just give up right now. Or possibly a filter that says, admitting a mistake is just a sign of weakness. I can't, I can't do that. Maybe you say, I'm the ugliest, I'm the most unattractive, fat slob in the world. Maybe you say all men are dishonest and they can't be trusted. Or you say all women are dishonest and they can't be trusted. People are always out to get whatever they can from me. And so I always end up getting used. Showing emotion is wrong. It's a sign of weakness. It's not who you are, but what you do that makes you attractive to another person. Maybe you say what counts in life is what other people think about me. Or maybe you say, I must keep my distance from everybody so I don't get hurt. Or maybe you say, asking for help is a weakness, and it means I can't solve my own problems. We could go on and on and on and on. But here's, here's some truth for you. God is ready to guide us. And He is ready at this moment to direct us. He is ready to begin to generate His truth in our lives so that we can begin to live by His wisdom. And that leads us to Proverbs chapter 9. Let's read these 18 verses very quickly. Chapter 9 verse 1 wisdom has built her house. So wisdom is being personified here as a person. Wisdom has built her house. She has carved out her seven pillars. Verse two, she has prepared her meal. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. In other words, they're saying wisdom has prepared this great feast, not a celebration but the feast itself is actually wisdom ready for you to just dig in and partake of all this wisdom verse 3 she has sent out her female servants she calls out from the highest points in the city so in other words wisdom this truth is is inviting every everybody is invited to take part in this wisdom and here's what wisdom Shouts out. Verse 4. Whoever is inexperienced. Enter right here. Here's the door. To wisdom in your life. Whoever is inexperienced. Enter here. Now the inexperienced people. I've already said. That's us. That's us. And then wisdom goes on. To anyone who lacks sense. Now, that's the person you married. (laughs) Just joking. To anyone who lacks sense, she says, come here, eat this bread and drink this wine I've mixed for you. In other words, if you are willing, wisdom, God's truth is ready for you to embrace it. So, in order for you to take this path of wisdom, you've got to be willing to do something. And here's what the wisdom writer says in verse 6 You've got to be willing to leave an experience behind and you will live. Pursue the way of understanding. You've got to be willing. To look at what's false in your life that you have been calling true and to leave it behind. You have to be willing. But if we refuse to listen, if we remain a mocker of wisdom, if we continue down the path of the unwise path, that path that we may be on right now, if we refuse to listen... There's no hope for us. There's no help for us. And anyone who does try to help us, we end up hurting them. Verse 7. Those who... Oh, I'm sorry. The one who corrects a mocker will be dishonor upon himself. The one who rebukes a wicked man will get hurt. When we have latched on to these unchanging false beliefs or uh, perceptions that have been now so long we've held on to them that they have become fixed in our lives. Almost immovable. The lie that has become a truth that we refuse to let go. Verse 8. Don't even rebuke the mocker. Or he'll hate you. Rebuke a wise man. And he will love you. You see if we begin. If we can find it in our thinking, in our hearts to begin. To listen to God's wise path. Then we will get more and more. And more wisdom. Listen listen to what happens in verse 9. Instruct a wise man and he will be wiser still. Teach a righteous man and he will learn more. You know, so many of our filters that we have embraced... They're spiritual filters. Spiritual filters. Things that we have believed about God that are not true, but we believe them as true. And you know where we learn a lot of these filters that impact us deeply every, every day because it's what we believe about God? We've learned them from what somebody else told us about God. Someone at school, or what someone at work has told you about God, or what someone uh, at, on TV has told you about God, or what some celebrity believes about God, and we like them, so they must be right, and we believe that. Maybe it's just people we hang out with, what they say about God, and we just kind of take it in and say, yeah, it could be right. But for truth about God, we have not gone to God or to His Word. We've just believed what other people have said. Listen to what the wisdom writer says here in verse 10. The fear of the Lord, in other words, being in awe and respect of God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. In other words, your wisdom does not begin with what other people say about God. It begins with what God says to you about God. It goes on. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And it's not knowledge that you get at the coffee house or the donut shop. It's not knowledge that you get at school or the work break room or what that person said on TV. It's not even what I say. That knowledge of God comes from what He has provided you in His Word. And He wants to tell you Himself. Verse 11, For by wisdom your days will be many and your years and years will be added to your life verse 12 if you are wise you're wise for your own benefit in other words he says you're you're the one that wins if you take this path of wisdom you're not losing you're the one that wins if you mock you alone will bear the consequences in other words you are the one that really loses If you scoff at all of this wisdom of God and the truth of God, you're really hurting yourself. That means we've taken this false belief and we've made it a truth. And the wisdom writer says, that is folly. Verse 13, the woman folly is rowdy. In other words, she's loud. And she's saying something, but what she's saying is really dumb, but she's saying it loud. Folly is the opposite of wisdom. The woman folly is rowdy. She is gullible and knows nothing. You know what? And yet, we embrace it as truth, our perception. We embrace it as as truth, as a filter for reality. We say, yeah, that's true. We believe it like she knows everything or like we Know everything. Verse 14. She sits by the doorway of her house on a seat at the highest point in the city. Sounds a lot like wisdom, doesn't it? Calling out to those who pass by, who go straight ahead on their paths. And she says this, verse 16. Whoever is inexperienced, enter here. Do you realize? It's the very same call as wisdom. Wisdom. Whoever is inexperienced, enter here. For every truth of God that he wants you to embrace and he wants you to hold on to. And he wants you to build your life upon for every truth of God. Folly, evil, offers you a counterfeit truth. And so often, that's what we embrace instead. That's the lie that we believe is truth. That's the perception. That's the filter that is not right, that is not true, but we treat it as truth. For every wise truth of God, evil shouts a lie. Folly says to the one who lacks sense, she says, verse 17... Stolen water is sweet and bread eaten secretly is tasty. Now, the wisdom writer says, but the person who listens, verse 18, but the person, but he doesn't know that the departed spirits are there, that her guests are in the depths of Sheol. In other words, the result of. Of embracing a lie as truth is life that is lived like death. We become walking dead, a dead man walking, all because we did not test our perceptions, to find out if they were really true. We just treated it as true, we did our action, and we created our future. We must test our perceptions, our filters, our beliefs, to see if they're true. So how do we test these? How do we test them? What do we take these filters and hold them up against to find out if they are true or not? Let's go back to verse 10 again. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. That is what we test everything against. If we don't test everything against who God is and what God has said and what His promises are, if we don't test them against God, then we are going to embrace a lie. And we are going to make decisions for tomorrow based upon today. of a, a false thing that we have believed is truth. Which in turn is making us respond to God and making us respond to other people. And making us respond to ourselves and the world around us in a way that makes sense to us. But in reality, this is crazy because we started wrong. We believed wrong. Here's your big step for this week that I'm encouraging you to take. I'm encouraging you to take every single category of your life and to look for false beliefs, faulty filters, bad assumptions. Here are those categories. Look at your relationship with God, what you believe about God. Look at your relationship with yourself, your relationship with your spouse, your relationship with your family. Look at your assumptions that you make about work and your assumptions you make about school, your assumptions you make about your future, those beliefs that you have developed about your friends, those beliefs you've developed about just the general world around you and people in general. All around you, those beliefs you've developed. If you don't look, if you don't look hard, you will never find them. And you will keep responding and keep making decisions for your future based upon something that is not true. And it will never become right. That's how it all works. Every time. The circumstance that happens to you. Your belief about that. Then your response based upon that belief. And you just created your future just like that. Now you can't change the circumstance that happened. You can't change that. You can only change your belief about it. And the way you view it. And if that needs to change, if that is based upon something that is not true that you're treating as truth, if it needs to change, then that's what needs to change. So that then your response can be different. But the only way that you're going to know if that belief, that filter, that assumption, that perception needs to change, the only way you're going to know is if you can, if you can test it. Now, another place you can go back for the test is where we were early in this series, Proverbs chapter 3. This was week number 3, in fact. That verse, Proverbs 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not rely upon your own understanding. Don't rely upon what you have always thought about it. Don't rely upon what you have said. Well, this is just true. I'm just going to have to live with it. No, no. Test that assumption. Test that filter. Test it against God and God's wisdom. Verse six, think about him in all of your ways and he will guide you on the right paths. If your belief about what is true is according to God and his wisdom, then great. You probably made the best decision, had the best response in that circumstance. But if your belief about what is not true Is treated as if it were true. And you used your own understanding. Then quickly. Quickly. Run to the path that God is pointing you toward. His path of wisdom. His path of truth. And do that right now. And do this. My friend. Commit to being part of our next series beginning next week let's pray god there are so many assumptions that i have had for years assumptions that may not be true but i have treated them as if they were truth and because of that i've responded to others in my life and i have created a future for me with great fear and pain and frustration Jesus, I need your help to look deeply into my life this week and deeply into my relationships and locate the things that I have believed that are not true. Spirit, may your wisdom guide me. May the scriptures that you gave us guide me. And may I look for your truth and not lean upon my understanding. May I have great reverence and awe for you, Father. And may I seek to understand you more this week through your words of life. Jesus, give us the wisdom to know what to do with what we have heard and give us the courage to do it. And we sing these two songs in celebration of you. Amen.